Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide, and it's our pre-New Year's Eve podcast. We're finishing 2020 because it sucks, although I actually had a pretty good year. On the phone with me to kind of wrap up the year and talk about some of the things, I have Jacob Bynum from Rifles Only. Jacob, welcome back to the podcast. And I think Lisa's hiding in the back there, too, so hi to Lisa back there. Uh, She probably can hear. Yeah, yeah, good good to be back with you. How's everything going down there, you guys? Uh, yeah, I know you were busy. You just had everybody down in Texas uh, doing some classes. You had uh, Kalen and Phil and some soldier, not actually Marines, but um, some guys down there doing a class and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, you guys um, done for the season and, and just chilling? Yeah, we're just chilling now. Yeah, we had a, a really, really busy uh, fall. You know, we were back and forth between Colorado. We're up to Colorado again in November, like we've been the last two years, uh, doing some courses up there. Came back, had a real heavy schedule all the way through. We had Thanksgiving week off. And then came back and and worked with uh, worked with the Marines, and then we did a helicopter course, and we finished up on the tenth. I've done a couple private instructions since then, but hey, Frank, before we get started, man, um, Don Wells from Gilligan's Island, Marianne, she's dead. I saw that today. I just saw yeah. that. I feel bad. I mean, Marianne was so great. Um, as you know, when you met me down in Texas, I don't know if it was there. At one point, though, I lived, the house I lived in with the Wazelles, that was mm-hmm. Tina Louise's mom's house that she bought her um, when she got, like, renewed for Gilligan's Island. Like, one of the second season kind of things, she bought her mom a house. And in, that was right. In, and I lived in, in Ginger's mom's house. For wow. five years. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, that is. I didn't I know. know. It's crazy. COVID got her. Yeah, I know. I always thought Marianne was hot when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's funny, too, because you really didn't pick up on that until you turned, like, 15, 16. In the beginning, exactly. it was always Ginger was the glamorous one. Right. And and then when you got older, you realize, nah, it's Marianne. That's the... Yeah. That's, the but, that's the girl... Although, you know what, now I'm actually kind of back on a little bit of a ginger kick because, number one, she is a ginger and a redhead, and and she did kind of keep it, and and I don't know, maybe maybe because she always was kind of pushed to the side a little bit. Yeah. That she she's better than you, we would realize. So there there might be some underlying factors that might lend to ginger being a real score, but not early later. You had to wait till she kind of got jaded a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Let's start out a shooting podcast talking about our, our high school crushes. Or, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, what we wanted to talk about to start off is you got some changes you're making, especially because of COVID 2020, all the crap going on. Yeah. You're making yeah. some changes to Assassin's Way, and yeah. you want to kind of get that out up front to let everybody know that Assassin's Way is getting pushed back. Yeah, it's, we're going to push it back for a year. And it was just uh, the whole deal with COVID 2020 was crazy. Um, we had a lot of interest, but I had, we didn't we didn't fill it. And because of those reasons, you know, economic you know uncertainty with a lot of people. And I had spoken to almost 70 guys that said, man, you know, I, I'm sitting here. I'm on top of this money, but I just don't know if I should let it go yet because of everything that was going on. You know, they didn't know what was going to happen again with the election and then with COVID and then there's lockdowns and the people in California can't even walk outside and mow their lawn. And so, you know, it's it was discretion, the better part of valor. We're going to push it back for a year. Uh, It's still going to happen. It's already set up. I've already got 
all the paperwork done. It's on my computer, you know, to how the course is going to be run, where we're doing, what, uh, what's going on. So it's ready. You know, if I wanted to walk in and conduct this tomorrow, we could do it. That's not an issue. It's ready to go. It's just the, uh, the participation again, 2020, you know, like you said in the beginning, you know, 2020 has been a, been a, a, a year that's been trying for a lot of people. And I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, what, you know, we were kind of going back and forth and talking a little bit, um, you know, last couple of weeks, one of the feed, the feedback I got from people, cause there was always people where you would said, Hey, you know, you'd mentioned um, me a bit and I'd come up and, and done some of the stalking stuff. Yep. And so people were reaching out to me, trying to get inside information. They were trying to end run you and saying, well, we'll go to Frank and then we'll find out what Jacob told Frank that maybe Jacob's not telling the public. And then Frank will tell us, which didn't happen. Cause I don't know anything. Um, but you know, one of the feedback and we were talking about is maybe the potential for splitting up it over a couple months so people can then, you know, I would almost say like five grand for this month, you're going to do these events, you know, five grand right. for this month and do the same money, just split it up. And maybe somebody doesn't have to shoot every single event. I know it's designed to, but maybe yeah. there is a way to kind of, to, to you know, Taffy pull it out a little bit and, and let people, yeah. uh, you know, play with that. Yeah, I know. And I, you and I discussed this and everything else. And the, the people that I were talking to, I got that too. But more of them, more of them were more jacked that it was going to be one solid event. You know, these are the ones, the adventure guys that want to just, you know, they just want to test themselves against the, against the anvil. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, no, totally. Yeah. And so I had more people because I thought about that too, you know, even before I announced it. And it was just like the more people wanted to say, okay, yeah, let's just let's just go because, you know, I'm going to have to be pretty much on for a month. And they wanted to see how they would perform. They were, you know, really didn't want it to be split up. Okay. But then again, looking back at it, you know, looking at it, we have a we've got an extra year to think about that. We might be able to, you know, accommodate some of those who did want it split up and then still have the you know, still have the the hard chargers, you know, be able to do the match. I mean, it's a bucket list match. I mean, the. Everyone was saying, God, I, I, I'm not worried that that I can do this. I'm worried that, you know, something will happen and I won't be able to do it, you know, right. broken leg. So anyway, yeah, that's that's where it is. We're we're still jammed up about it. We still get phone calls. You know, I get I get at least one phone call a week, you know, and I it wouldn't believe it. But I mean, there's one state that we're going to and <laughs> guy called me. He's a, he's a king dingling of the SWAT team. And he says, hey, whenever you get to this particular state. Don't worry about staff. The entire SWAT team is going to go help you run this section. And I was like, oh, Man, nice. yeah, that's another group of disabled vets that were renting a van. They were going to do every single one of them, follow along, just be range officers at every event. Um, you know, and thank God for those guys. They just said, "Man, we can't, we can't do it, but we can't miss it either." <laughs> so, you know, it's been a lot of really good support, and also. There's a guy out in Kentucky who's going to do a miniature version of it, uh, four days, four states, all with 22 long rifle. And so we'll have some information coming out about that as well. Nice. And, and you know, and, and it's, it's crazy because people are definitely hungry for something outside of the box. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, they want to be tested, but they don't want to be tested in some silly contrived way. Um, they right. don't want to just keep repeating themselves over and over again. You know, it's it, it's kind of funny. And it, I was, there was some, cons you know, I'm on Sniper's Hide again doing some stuff because I'm home. So I'm posting. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm posting more. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of <laughs> like in there mixing it up. 
I didn't know you had anything to do with sniper side. Ah, every once in a while I'm on there. Um, I right. usually I just ban people um, and then laugh in the background. But although you would love this, if we had this button back when I was down uh, in Texas, mm-hmm. I have a discourage button now. You do? Yes. And what discourage does is it kind of like fucks with your account, but you don't know. It's like guys have been on discourage for like 10 days and then they'll mm-hmm. make a post and go, Hey man, this site sucks that you changed it. And it's mm-hmm. like, no dude, you're on discourage, man. Cause I'm discouraging you to leave. <laughs> and yeah. what it does is it randomly, and I can set the random nature of things. Mm-hmm. I can say to it, you go make a post. Jacob's like, fuck what Frank says. He's a piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. And you're going to go post. Well, when you yep. hit the send button, it'll reset you back to the home page and make you start over. Oh, wow. It'll do all kinds of like random, like 10% of the time, it'll do this. 20% yeah. of the time, it'll it'll wipe out what you just did. It'll reset you. It does all these random, it slows down. So like when you go to load a page, it takes like a minute to load. So I do all this. So I did this to a bunch of people, but um, we, we would we do we would have enjoyed it. We would have had a laugh at lunch. Hey, look at him! Asshole doesn't know he's on discourage. Um, but anyway, so I was kind of going back and forth over some of the stuff with PRS and comps and different things that are happening, and I was looking at, and I think I want to say it was either two thousand and seven or eight, and I think it was eight. Sniper's Hide Cup, down at Rifles Only. It was a Matt Burkett video, and and we won't get into Matt's troubles, but we all know Matt was a three-gun guy back in the day, and and he kind of got himself into a a predicament, so he's out of the gun industry now. But Matt was a a very active, vibrant competitor. Hey, you know, he he still owns the fastest time for cleaning Moving Chaos. Yes, I believe it. Yeah, he's got the fastest time on that with the bolt gun. It was like 17 seconds. Crazy, right? And and that's yeah. the kind of shooter Matt was. Yeah, and he was very... So he put a video up of our event. And the stages, like I... And I fast forward through the helicopter stage. It was That was your event. You always loved it. And, and it's like, yeah, the helicopter's fun. But it wasn't me, so I didn't care. But... Yeah. So I fast forward through that, but then all the other stages, like I'm following around. I was RO on some of them. So like the carbine pit, it, I was right there um, doing the RO work. And then there was some other, and I think Lindy's in there, a bunch of guys. What a fun fucking event. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what got me? And, and I mentioned this is Matt finished the stage mm-hmm. and he was out of breath. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. I mean, think about I think about how you you can wear yourself out on something like the mousetrap. You know what I mean? Right. He would do things that were you know even more you know even more dynamic than that, and it was they were just so much fun. I mean, just an absolute blast. It, it, we you know we understood like we only could do so many things to you. You and I can't shoot back at a competitor. You know no. we we can't do this. We can you know but. We got time, so you use time as a factor to, to kind of get you going. But yeah. then you got to use movement. And if your yeah. movement is three steps and put a bag on a prop, you're not getting your heart rate up. These guys are walking yeah. like they're on Valium. Yeah, I know. How I know. are they fighting with their rifle? Well, it that was the thing, you know, it was... Um, you know, it was even some of the stuff that came back with, uh, you know, Mike Miller. You know, he came down here and took a class, and he says, you know, hey... 
I think he did the class in the competition in, you know, even his quote, he says, you know, that you're not only teaching people how to shoot, but you're also teaching them how to fight with a rifle. And he said, that's the first class I've done. And you know, his thing, you know, he's, yeah. he's been around. Um, I think he's, I think he's retired to Florida now or something like that. Um, Mike California, Mike, the Bart cop. Yeah. 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 He's retired and he's medical, but yeah, I think he's still in California, uh, but maybe they moved. I, I hadn't paid that much attention, but yeah. No, I think he's in Florida, man. I, oh. I think I, Stuff about him fishing in Florida and all that kind of crap. So oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, good dude. But yeah, I mean, it's just in in they've gotten away from. I mean, you and I talk about this. I mean, because you started it. I mean, you set this standard of this type of competition, and then it's morphed into what we have today. There's all this drama going on. There's all this crap happening where everybody's arguing, fighting. I mean, you know, they 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 have a finale where. Number one and number two both have rifles that don't meet the standard technically, but then they right. take the technicality and they, they they pull it from one guy and give it to another, and 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 we know why it's money and sponsors and all that. I mean, as a follow up for those that heard the other podcast and, and know Ruger was named as a series sponsor for the Rimfire, so mm-hmm. when they took the win from one guy and gave it to the Ruger sponsored guy. I mean, Ruger's paying money to to yeah. be that guy, and 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 they did it a week later. You know what I mean? So here you had people show up to your event, and um, you know they're they're both of them have what would technically be considered by letter of the law illegal rifles in a right. production class gun. Right. You know the fact that Ruger's pretty slick and throws the barrel in the skew to say, hey, we do have this rifle available. But it's not. It's not the same one. And in this last year, they last year they added the skew right before the finale to mm. include the barrel that he was shooting. This year they added the skew, but the rifle doesn't exist yet. So they added the rifle to the skew just before the finale to say right. it was a production rifle. So it's technicalities. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they they ended up. Um, I mean, Ruger's going to be a sponsor is a big yeah. sponsor. So it's just it's just a bad way of doing business. I mean, to think about how do you go into you're supposed to be the lead series. You're mm-hmm. supposed to have your shit together. And it's just all these random things that get thrown there it's like, well, here's the rule, but yeah, for him we're not really going to follow it. That rule works for you. Right. But not so yeah. much for him. Uh, this is this is one thing you've explained it pretty well, but this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. You no, know what I mean? No. And you, you remember back in the day, you know, whenever I first started out doing this and even whenever you were here and everything else, dude, tell me one time we had drama. We didn't. We didn't. There was never any drama. It was like, here's your, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. It's a complex event and everything else. And it was just like, here's your score. That's what it is. You know, everybody knew what was going on. And then, you know, the other part of it, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do with competition was, you know, it wasn't it, it was to find out who was the best. Absolutely. But it was also to help build other shooters. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're you're out at the 500 yard line shooting movers and you're, you know, uh, you're 73rd in the pack. And Terry Cross is calling for you right next to you. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And OK, I get that. You know, maybe we want to you know, say, OK, you got to make your own calls and everything else. But with that. I think kind of, um, kind of, it kind of killed the idea of it. You know what I mean? Yes. It kind of killed the idea of what these things were actually for. 
and now it's turned into okay it's a it's a points race it's this all right i get it it's a sport i get it um that's the way you want to do it fine but it really took away from the overall feeling that you had whenever you went to a match you know and i went to a lot of matches you know back in the day i would you know i'd compete and stuff like that and it was always the same no matter where you went you could you could come in didn't matter what color you were didn't matter how much you made didn't matter what you were shooting you were immediately immediately brought in and you know kind of assisted in any way you know what i mean and that don't happen no more well because number one they like they yanked the train ups from you the train ups were big so that got people who weren't sure. You got to remember, rifles only then in, in, in the events, they were destinations. People mm-hmm. spent a full week down there. Yeah. Because well, you, they never pulled the train ups from me. They told me not to, and I said, no, I'm Well, but to. you know what I mean? The PRS kind yeah. of said no train ups because then guys were using it as practice, which I get. Maybe you don't want, you know, Vibbert showing up early and practicing, but he doesn't really need to bother. He's doing it at home anyway. Yeah. I mean, the guy's doing six hours a week and 300 rounds. Yeah. So, you know, is that's his practice schedule. So, but like with Terry, Terry Cross, if he's yelling from the top deck down to the bottom deck to that 73rd shooter, use a half mil of wind. Yeah. He, Terry doesn't, it, it, you got to understand when Terry's not on the clock, you're not distracting Terry. Right. So, right. him helping another guy is a positive thing. Like, you know what's something I've been looking at a lot? Yeah. Archery. Yeah. As far as the uh, way they are established in um, their events, mm-hmm. their website, USA Archery or something and all that, you know what it focuses on? This is their this is their competition events, all their different thing. The number one thing on that website is training in mentorship mm-hmm. And how to help somebody get started. There's find a coach, find yep. a practice, find this. All at the top of the page. It's right. how to find a coach. Right. Instead of what do you got for me? Give me more money. You know what I mean? What they're doing yep. is they're supporting the individual to make them, they're building an archer. Mm-hmm. Who's then going to be their best salesman. Instead of building something around yourself and making money off of it and saying, screw everybody else. Where's the training side of it? Where's the, we, you were a training facility. You always had a training component attached to competition. That's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're still doing the train-ups. No, I know you are. I'm just talking overall. I'm talking general. I know you do all this and you look at it because that's your job. That's you build marksmen. But the thing is, in comp- I mean, we're we're doing a lot on Sniper's Hide to sample this. Mm-hmm. And you know what we're coming up with? People, wa- they, people want to shoot. They want to enjoy themselves and they want to have fun. But they don't want to always be thrown into a competitive thing. Right. They want to be able to show up and do it, but not have any skin in the game. Yeah. And that's why I've been talking and, and pushing this shadow competitor thing um, where a shadow competitor is a guy who can show up last minute. You charge him half price. But you don't score him other than mm-hmm. the RO scores him and says how many hits, but he's, he, he never shows up on your sheet. I get it for you. It might not be a good thing because you want to show you had 150 people there. Well, you could say we had a we had 100, you know, competitors and 50 shadows. 
to me. But the thing is, if you can let a guy show up and say you got a $250 match and you say to him, dude, give me $100, okay, go shoot it. Your 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 number twenty your your number you know one o two your shooter one o two just go tell the ro when you show up your shadow competitor one o two all the ro has to do is say four hits that's it right. and go away run the clock yep. four hits go away mm-hmm. now you have all of that experience and you get to do it with no skin in the game if you want to go right. home early because you're tanking it go home you spent a yeah. hundred bucks to yeah. me that's gonna be how to fix this. And to get more people in, but then the events have to change. You know, the um, the the a lot of things have to change. And and I know you guys are looking at stuff to start small, and 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 basically look at some of this change on the twenty two side, right? But I mean, it just drives me nuts because we. I mean, dude, we had such a good time doing these matches, and now I don't want to go to them. Yeah. yeah, I hear you, and and the part it's just. It's just, it's not the same, man. It's not the same. And again, you know, if you say, oh, well, you're, you just old school, you're nostalgic. Well, I don't know, worked, uh, worked really, really good. And we never had any of this drama, you know, with any of the people that were putting on these things. You were doing it at Blue Steel at Bobby Whittington's, you know, down here at different places. There was never any drama, man. And everybody was getting better and better and better. And it's just like the, like that one, after we did that, that one area over there, we had all the covers of culverts. We did that long running gun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was running that one and Terry ran it. And I said, Hey, Terry, this is years ago, man. This is years ago. Hey, Terry, you know, how'd you like it? He goes, man, he says, Jacob, he says, we're hitting smaller stuff further away now because you're actually making us do it. And it was like, okay, that, that means a lot. That means that we're, you know, we're actually building better shooters, but then what are the target packages look like at some of these other places now? You know what I mean? I mean, what are they? What was the big term that they used? Meatball matches. Meatballs, yeah, because because they, they're trying to game the points and they're letting the fucking inmates run the asylum, so they know, hey man, come to my meatball match and they'll get a lot of people there, yeah, because it's an easy way to rack up quick points to get to the finale. Right. right. Well, that just goes against the whole, the whole uh, spirit of of what this is supposed to be about you know it's supposed to make better shooters much like you were just referencing with the archery well but you know why because they're letting the individual game the event they're letting the competitor get into the 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 get into the mix you know what i mean the competitor has a hand at making this now and it's actually coming out worse now don't get me wrong Things have gotten better. We've got new calibers, new bullets, new guns. We figured out how to do things. But now it needs to be reset again and and corrected because it's going off course. So while, you know, courses go a certain way, but then they start to veer. Right. Well, now it needs to be a correction. And the problem is, is is the people don't want to correct it because the reason why there's so much pushback to this correction, even though everybody acknowledges it, it needs to be done, is because they do better the way it is right now. And if you're going to, and they know the correction is going to make them look a little bad in their shooting, not bad, but but not as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're shooting better than before. And and I said this to Vibber in those guys, because they brought this up to me. They're saying that even when you and I were doing it today, they're shooting even better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you're shooting a fucking bench rest gun in six millimeter and you're not moving. Right. So, okay, so you're shooting bench rest off a prop. Yep. 
I don't yep. want to shoot bench rest off a prop. Right. Yeah, you want to shoot fill rifle. Yeah. And 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 so that that's that's the kind of thing. It's like, okay, you got a twenty-two pound six millimeter with a flat bottom and balanced purposely perfect in the middle or just in front of the magazine well, and you have a four ounce trigger. Yeah. And now you're telling me you're shooting better. Well, where you're not shooting, Frank. That's not shooting. I mean, all you're doing is just setting it up perfectly balanced. You got this, this plate on the bottom of your rifle that sits there, and all you're doing is touching off the trigger. Right. You know what? I mean? You're not shooting. That that has not, that's not shooting. That's I, not that's not shooting, dude. That's that's touching a trigger. I, well, and I get it. They're building a cool gun. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, hot rodding a cool gun, but you're pulling it. I mean, my dad used to do this. He had a my dad had show cars, right? He had the Nova in the front and flipped and did all fancy shit. He yep. used to drive it around on a fucking flatbed. Mm-hmm. Then he'd park a block away from the car show and drive it in. Yeah. That's, that's, and, and my dad was gaming it. He, yep. You know, it had, would have like a 10 gallon tank in it because he had a little round gas tank in it. Yeah. You, you know, and, and, you know, he gamed the car show to keep his car nice. But if we said, hey, right. you had to have a street car show. Right. And that's all we're saying, dude, is more people have fun playing street car than they have playing show car. Oh, for sure, for sure, and 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 I I don't know I just I just think it's crazy because, I mean, I think we put thought into our course of fire, mm-hmm. and today they're just saying you know, barricade prop beer. It's like the, it's the same stage, on a different shape. So yeah. it's like rectangle, square, triangle, you know, circle. And it's like, we're going to do the same thing, but you're going to do it on a rectangle. Well, now we're going to change it up and you're going to do that same thing, but now you're going to do it on a square and a square is harder, you know, or easier rather. But then, because we just gave you, you know, an easy one, we're going to give you a circle and a circle is really tough because there's nothing to hold the sides together. It just falls off. And and, and, and I don't know, man. I just think it's crazy with some of this. and I mean, I, I've even fallen guilty, guilt, fallen into that. You know what I mean? And it's, um, you know, it's every time I wanted to, you know, do something to where, well, I mean, you know how I am, dude. I, I freaking love running guns in competition. I mean, you know, that's my thing. And it's just like, man, <laughs> I kind of got a lot of pushback on that, you know, over the last few years. It's like, nah, we just want to, this is what we want to do. You know, we just want to 90 seconds or two minutes on this stage, on this prop. And I want to have, you know, this for a rear rest. And I want this for the bags. It's like the, the other thing we do, the barricades out here. And um, I was looking at one. This is a couple of years ago. I was looking at these guys that are walking around. And so they got they got these battle belts on, you know, and now everybody's going to these little push carts, which is OK. As I'm getting older, I think that's pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, right. But they got these battle belts on and they might have four or five bags, you know, hanging off of them, different sizes, shapes, everything else. So what I did is I built a balance beam. You know what I mean? And so a balance beam, it's four inches wide. It's six inches off the ground. You know, you fall off of it. You just step off. You know what I mean? But I said, okay, you can use whatever you want, but you got to complete this balance beam. It's about 20 feet with a little zigzag in it, a little dog leg in it. And then you go to your stage. And so that, you know, you start walking and those bags start swinging. It's pretty difficult to hold your balance. And you know what the wind's like down here sometimes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, and I just think that there should be like four minute run and gun stage, at least in every match should have like a, a like we used to always have a signature event. Maybe it was the hand, uh, the helicopter. Maybe yeah. it was the handgun drag. 
I, I mean, yep. love that that stage, you know, where you dragged the 80-pound freaking sack of potatoes and shot yeah. the handgun and then shot your rifle and did all these other things. I mean, you yep. sh- you, you know, the, the obstacle course, the 300-yard obstacle course, the culverts, you know, yep. you, it's 300 yards long of live fire. Yeah. And yeah, nine at 300 yards. Yeah. And, and it's like up, down, around, in, through, under, over, and, yeah. and, and alongside. And you shot from all these different places. But the thing is, once you finish that shot, you had to move. Yeah. And yeah. move with purpose. Yeah, for sure. You couldn't walk it. No. And that's the that's what I think is missing right now, aside from some other things. I mean, to me, it's gotten so contrived. It's got it, it needs a reset. And like I said, I think competition is a great way of t- practicing, training, learning. It's just they've made it not fun. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the thing about it is, is for a lot of people, Frank, I think it I think that the ones that are coming in now that have no frame of reference, they feel like that this is the way the sport has always been. A lot of them think that, you know, this sport didn't even start until 2012. You right, know, I mean, that's right. Think you know, and that's okay. I mean, they have no frame of reference on it, and that's not their fault. It's just that there was, you know, there was a time when you had to have some other skill sets, you know, that go along with this that turn it into a field rifle match. But it's kind of like, you know, you know, I've said it before, you know, on this is what really brought about Assassin's Way. You know, these guys that are going to these competitions now, God bless them, they're doing what they want to do and everything else. But what they're doing is that they're saying that they're professional golfers, but whenever they go to the golf course, they just stand at the driving range. That's it. They never play the game. You know what I mean? They don't have the strategy in their head on how they're going to, you know, get from point to point. You know, uh, gear selection. You know, what what is my minimal, min, minimalist way, you know, to complete this? Because if I don't have to mess with a bunch of gear, that gives me more time to build a better shooting position. I don't know. It's. It, I know that there's a balance. There has to be a balance, but a, a lot of times, you know, and I really feel, and I could tell from the from the uh, response we got from Assassin's Way, you got a bunch of people that are. They sound exactly like you. You know, saying exactly the same things. You know, we're not doing any of these other field skills, and it's not like you got to go and you know make half the match field skills, but at least a couple of non-shooting events. You know what I mean? Something that kind of tests your ability. You know, what can you do? I mean, now, I mean, think about it. Back when you and I were were doing range estimation exercises, what did we have? We had mill dot reticles. Yeah, you know, <laughs> mill dot. Imagine how much better they could be now with all these different reticles that they have out there. You know what I'm saying? Well, but the problem is, is our phones and they cheat. We didn't have the <laughs> we didn't have the phone to text you and to say six twenty five. You know, you yeah, could be well, on, and that's the problem is because we've we we we've incentivized. You know, that, that the team dynamic of it, we're all shooting the same rifle. We're all wearing the same shirt. We all, you know, we all have to win at our all cost. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and it's not, it just doesn't work. And that's unfortunate. They want the reason that they want to win is not the same reasons that shooters had in the past. You know what I mean? Now it's about sponsorships and, you know, what's going on in the Jersey and all this other stuff. Well, you know, back in the day, we didn't care. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because again, again, everything has to evolve, I guess. You know what I mean? It's, I guess it has to evolve, but it, it sure has gotten away. I mean, you can't tell me that if I go and take a 25-pound rifle, you know, with a, a freaking table built underneath it and clamped on, you know, that's sitting on a, a 15 or 18 or 20-pound bag, and I'm shooting a four-ounce trigger. I mean, dude, that's not shooting. You know what I mean? It's really not. All you're doing is 
trigger. You're you're just pointing and, and touching a trigger. That's not shooting. I mean, and we would have never thought of when a match was over to call the company up and said, hey, man, you know, I just shot this match and I was using your scope and you should give me a free one so everybody sees it. And, you yeah. know, we didn't think of that. We, you know, we were ecstatic to get something off the prize table and that was it. That was like the load, you know, one time, one deal. You didn't think of calling them after and going, Hey man, you know, I can really start doing this, which the influencer marketing, I get it. And and yeah. it does have a value to it for these companies that might not get noticed otherwise. And and so I, I, I don't know if I can fault them on that, but then they took it a step too far. Um, you know, even I had a call today and I won't say who, but somebody, um, it was a call about somebody who they thought I would know. And it was in regard to a sense of entitlement and that this person was pushing a company to uh, go above and beyond for free for something they screwed up. And two things is that they were going to go to events and talk shit about them and that they were going to go and um, go on Sniper's Hide and, and say something bad if this person didn't capitulate to them. So they called me up to say if I asked me if I know this person – and I mm -hmm. said, no, but um, I only knew a little bit. I said, but if they do do that and they go on Sniper's Hide to run you down, let me know because I'll end it right there because this is bullshit. And it right. all revolved around a person's sense of entitlement. They, yeah. they, they, they thought they were being proactive. Mm -hmm. they, they, did so, they read some things on the internet. Mm -hmm. they, they thought they were going to get ahead of it. And came up with their own solution that was outside of the manufacturer's recommended solution. Didn't work. Broke the part. Yeah. And now they want all their money back. Well. Ah. That's. Sense of, yeah. Sense of entitlement. Right. Well, right. Uh, remember not long ago whenever I did that match and uh, after shooter 10, I let the range officers walk the table. Yeah. Yeah. I still hear Shit, because yeah, of the well, letter. <laughs> yeah, and then, and, uh, you know, saying, oh, those, those are for us and everything else. Well, all the range officers walked the table, and there were more than 20 of them. And then shooter number 41, shooter number 41, because then we went back to calling out numbers again for 11 through the rest. And shooter number 41 pulled a certificate off the table for a free suppressor from, like, Thunder Beast or some shit. That, Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that's what happens when you have a big prize table. Yeah, but the thing about it is, is that me letting the range officers run that table did not hurt that prize table one bit. Nope. I mean, it didn't hurt it one bit. And the range officers got some because you can't have matched out range officers, the most underappreciated out there. I mean, I've got the best range officers, I think, in the industry that come down here, you know, to help us run our big matches. And, you know, I'm thankful for them every day. You know, I mean, I'm constantly, anything I can do for them, I will. But then for, you know, like 30 shooters later, 31 shooters later, somebody pulls off a certificate for a free suppressor, not discounted, not 50% off, a free one. And I think they were even going to include their $200 tax stamp on that one. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it's just like the whole letter came out. It says, those prizes are for us. Talk about a sense of entitlement, man. I mean, they didn't want the range officers to receive a prize when, okay, no range officers, no match. Right. You see how, you know what I mean? It's like no gas in the car, car no starty. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it, we sound like broken records sometimes, but it just drives us nuts because 
they're it, we're in this cycle, we're in this loop, and they don't recognize you got to fix things and change shit up to get out of that loop. You've now right. got yourself. Like I had said it, somebody said it was the best analogy. I basically said fucking the, you know, the PRS side of things is, 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 is spinning down the toilet bowl. It's just, they have a really big bowl. So it's taken longer than normal, yeah. uh, you know, but it really, it's been flushed like, you know, three years ago, it flushed itself and it's yeah. still spinning. It's death spin because, you know, number one, there's that push where, you know, if you don't play with me, you can't play with anybody else. And, right. and then there's the, the, the thing, but if people realized and voted with their wallet and said, you know, that's why these series are the, the best, you know, and, and I know you're looking at it. The people have been hitting me up. Might mm-hmm. as well segue into this other that yeah. there's going to be competition. Yeah, it's being talked about seriously right now all over the hide. Basically, there's threads that are saying, tell me everything wrong so I can fix it. And it reads pretty ugly, but you know yeah. what they're doing? They're saying what's wrong. So when I do this myself, it'll be right. And, and you got a lot of people, um, uh, you know, actually going out in public and, and, and going over these things that matter. I mean, that's a process problem. What happened at the finale the, mm-hmm. the, the fact that you can show up with a gun and then three days later it gets deemed, you know, uh, uh, not, uh, you know, not right. Right. That's that's a process problem. That means you don't have your shit together and you don't know what you're doing. That's not a match problem as far as shooting competitors and things like that. It, it, yeah. If if I show up and shoot an event in three days and win it and three days later, you tell me my rifle does not meet the standard that I just won. Sorry, dude, I already fucking won. I went home. Yeah. I won this fucking thing. You can't take this three days from me. If you right. want, if you wanted to say my rifle was no good, the day before the fucking event started or that that the day, the morning of the event, you should have gave me the option to switch guns. Right. Yeah. You know, but anyway, it, it, it's so you guys are, and, 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 and I love it that people are going to you and they're saying, Tell me how to fix this. And yeah. what you're going to be looking at is 22 to start. You're basically going to come up with a league in, in, in that could be scaled up and modeled, but you're going right. to build it into the 22 stuff. Correct. And that, you know, that's um, part of it, you know, is is because of, I mean, really, <laughs> there's no way to even say and give credit to Udo Gunworks for this. You know what I mean? Right, I right. Mean, I mean, we're going to do the Rimfire Academy. It's going to be training. We're going to be doing it here. We're going to be doing it in Colorado, New Hampshire. Uh, you're probably going to be working in Colorado up there. Uh, there's several different places that have already hopped on board. But we're going to start, you know, going back with that, you know, to get back to that training aspect of it, like what you were talking about and you and I were talking about earlier. You know, the problem, you know, to bring in new shooters, to be able to make it as easy for them as we possibly can, uh, you know, to where they can actually go out, find these coaches, get better at it. Um, but And, you know, the Mike Bush at, at Voodoo has, I mean, I mean, he's just jumped in behind this, you know, a thousand percent. So there's going to be rifles that can be used, you know, if someone doesn't have it, you know, and they'll come in and be priced accordingly, you know, to where, you know, this is supposed to be a little bit, you know, less expensive. So there's going to be avenues for that. Um, it's just there's a way that we can do this with this voodoo series 
in the 22s. And, you know, the, I was thinking about it. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, that will that will segue into somebody, you know, going up and, and, you know, maybe hopping into center fire at some point. Well, yeah, maybe, but maybe not. You know, maybe they want to do that. Maybe they don't. You know, they're, I mean, 22, Frank, you think about it. I mean, look at the cost of ammunition that we're having to deal with, with, uh, you know, with center fire now. You know, look at the cost of, <laughs> look at the cost of some of those production rifles out there after they've been modded this way and that way. You know, what was it? it, it uh, well, it's, it's five grand. I mean, if, if you have a $2,500 limit on production for rifle and $2,500 limit on scope, you're at five grand to walk in the door and they're telling yep. you up front, if you didn't spend five grand, don't show up. <laughs> well, Frank, I don't know if you know where production class started, don't you? No, I have no idea what that is. Okay. Uh, Weissman was, was uh, running PRS. Right, and right. I, I, I was the one who presented to him the production class. And it was it was severely limited. It was like you know it was like two thousand, I think twenty two hundred. You know your total rig that could be you know run. I, again, that's uh you know that's neither here nor there. But you know it, it's changed. You know what I mean? It's changed now, and people can't get into this. You know, like you say right now, without you know without a minimum of five thousand dollars. And you know, Accuracy International, you know, God bless them, they gave us an AT. You know, the, to give away at the at the brawl. Mm -hmm. I, I think I've. Give it away any way you want. I said, okay. Well, it was AI and mile high. yeah, AI and Mile High are the ones who donated that AT, and they said, do whatever you want with it. And, you know, so I'm saying, okay, I'm going to find the guy who's got the crappiest gear around here. Okay, for two days, Frank, I walked around rifles only looking for crappy gear. You know what I mean? I finally found it on the last time. I was looking. I said, okay, that's ten grand. Uh, that's an eight thousand dollar rig right there. Uh, there's twelve thousand. Ooh, look at that! That's an Accuracy International. That's one of those nineteen thousand dollar rigs. Oh, and next to it, there's another one of those. Dude, you know how long it took me to find a gun that wasn't expensive for somebody who was competing here? I mean, I didn't think I was going to be able to. I thought I was going to have to raffle the damn thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Well, we want to kind of solve that, change it. You know, twenty twos, less muzzle blast, less cost, more shooting. Whenever you have, you don't have to worry about burning out barrels with twenty two stuff like that. And plus, you get the training part of it because you're you're not going to hit unless you're driving the fundamentals. You know how I feel about the fundamentals, right? And you can and you can move more because you don't need as much space. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we're gonna rifles only is set up right now for center fire, and that's going to change in Q one. We're going to leave it set up for center fire, but we've got the room. We're going to go ahead and do a whole new section dedicated to rim fire. With, you know, the props that are going there, the running guns that are going there, moving target, all the whole bit. You know what I mean? We're going to do this for this Voodoo series so we can kick it off here. And then we're going to be doing some training in other places, too, in front of some of the finales that are happening. So, um, yeah, again, you know, the the whole deal that you'll start to see this show up on the on the rifles only website. And, you know, if somebody's got a place that's in, you know, we've never been before and they've got a pretty good 22 following, they want us to go out and do some training there. It'll be the same thing. Go out there and do it there just like I do and you do with Centerfire. I mean, it it makes so much sense. It's a good way to go. But, I mean, like going back to this archery webpage and everything, look at what pulls your eye. It's education. And, and this, you know, it has to be a triangle. You got shooter, competitor, educate the shooter. You know, it can't be right. shooter, competitor prizes in the middle. Right. It, it, it's got to be an education component. It's got to be, you You actually have to, number one, you want to build your, 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 see, it, what drives me nuts is it's, it's me, 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 me in that circle of where it is. And it's not, how do I build like, and, and, you know, just randomly, let's just say you, you're going to build something in 
I, I'm going to make up a name like a Josh Ruby's going to go and have an extension of it in Dallas. Right. Well, you work to make Josh as successful as you are, and you make Josh consistent with what you're doing. Even though he's in direct competition with you, he's only a few hours away, but you still, because you're sent, you're, you're the head of this, this flagpole, whatever you want, right? So you make Josh successful, and then he looks really good, and who cares if Josh is even doing a better job than you as far as the events go, but it's all building back to you. You make him, instead of it being... Well, Josh is on his own. He makes his own thing. Yeah, we're just going to give him. He's going to pay me to have the name. It's right. like, well, why wouldn't you work oh, together fuck. and say, what are we going to do? Each one of his, each one of the people that are at his place that he built. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and then you, it, then, it, then it creates the perfect scenario two years from now when you have regions. Right. So now... It's Jacob and Josh's guys versus, you know, Frank and Mike's guys or something, you know. And now which region is building better people? What are they doing different? Well, let's try to replicate that and bring that over. And then it lends to one thing to another instead of, like, think about this. We're, 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 we are eight years into the PRS. Mm-hmm. It's fucking going backwards and they're not doing anything. Anything that builds on to the next thing other than they create their own competitors out of necessity, but they're not, they didn't build them all. Honestly, they've, they've made disgruntled like NRL is disgruntled PRS people. Border Wars is disgruntled PRS people. Tyler uses thing on the West coast. Now um, I'm not sure what he calls it. I got to look it up again. Best of the West is disgruntled PRS people. If all you've built is disgruntled competitors, and, and that competitor is two different ways. Your own competitors are, are disgruntled and then competing against you for something else. Right. You now motivated your competitor to do more than you instead of building them up and making them better. Exactly. Well, it's like I'm going to go out and, you know, all right, here here's my place right here. I got it. Rifles only. All right. You know how long it took you know, me and Lisa to build this place. You know what I mean? Yep. You were, you know, you were here forever. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to do a match, but now I, for every competitor I have, it's going to cost me money. No, I, I built this place. Yeah. You know what I mean? I built this place. I'm the one who bought that steel. I'm the one who has the excavator to make more berms. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the one who's paying the insurance and what <laughs> you're right. You, you got a lot of things that are going out there because people are disgruntled. I, life's too short for me to be disgruntled. I just want to make a better series, and I want to train people how to shoot better. Yeah, I mean, and in and, and, and that shows. It, it, it's, a, it's a different mindset, and, and I think, I hope people understand where the head's at. You know what I mean? Because I get it that we, you know, like I said, a little bit broken record-ish, a little bit we're, we're ragging on it, but they make it too easy. If, yeah. if they didn't make it so we could bag on it, we wouldn't bag on it. No. We'd, we'd move on. If it was great, we'd be part of it. Well, you know, that was the deal. You know, I mean, think about it. Think about, think about all the shooters, uh, Frank, that have left completely. I know. You know what I mean? I mean, the guys that used to, you'd see them down here. You'd see them in Oklahoma. You'd see them in New Mexico. And man, when all were this camp, they just said, nope, I got nothing to do with this. And they left. I mean, even stopped shooting altogether. 
It's just insane. And there's like dozens and dozens of them. You and I know who they are, you know, really good, good people. Yep. But you know, who are into it and they were into it for years. And then all of a sudden it's just like, uh, no, I've kind of seen where this shit has handled headed before I'm out. That's it. You know what the weather gauge is? The weather gauge is Jamelli and Rob Orman, man, Team Blaster. Because yeah. if you think about it, Team Blaster, Rob and Tony, they were the first people to get a jersey, first sponsorship. They were the first people to shoot a 6'5 Creedmoor because they shot for Hornaday. Okay, yeah. they did all these, and they were religious competitors. Religious. Oh, yeah, you had a match. They were coming with Drake as well. Right. And you know where they are now? They're all shooting 22 on the East Coast in their own little pond because they don't want to play with the big boys except on the 22 side of things. But they're 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 keeping arm's length. And these were these were core, core people, as core as you and I. Yeah, and, for sure. And they're sure. going and they moved on and, and years ago. I'm I'm talking like you know Jamelli and his name and, and Rob's name now because of the Voodoo 22 stuff that came up. But as soon as the PRS came into existence, they jumped ship. They they saw saw it early on, early and often, and they walked. And and those guys were, um, you know, monster competitors. Yeah, they were titans. I mean, if you had a match, they showed up. You know what I mean? And they did well. But you know what? And you're you're right. You're absolutely right. Those are the those are the ones that you can bring up that a lot of people might know might know about. But they weren't the only ones. Exactly. only ones there were dozens more exactly like them and you know that's unfortunate you know that's unfortunate because whenever you whenever you start up a series like that it should it should <laughs> it get people excited and the thing about it is guys like jamelli and and uh rob that you should tap in to what they have their experience to make your series good and whenever it started that wasn't what it was about no nobody wanted to talk to the old guard because, nope. you know, because then it, 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 I needed it to be about me. This is the me series. And and, yeah. and, and every, if you look at every stage of it, they never really went outside except to their own little clicking group. It was always me, me, me. Like certain people fall back. You know, Shannon will fall back on George because Shannon and George were always connected. You know, like me connected to you type of thing. But it, it's... It's always, it was always that. They never went outside of that circle, even though people were doing this on a, on a in a, you know, had a lot of experience doing it. They didn't go outside that circle because it was always about my name on it. I have to have my name attached. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing, you know, the, the, I, I tried many times, you know, to help along every single time I was like, no, you're not part of the board or anything else. Which I felt like NRL did better because if you're on the board in NRL, it's because you're putting on a match. Right. And so right. have this, you know, we have this uh, place where we can go and, and uh, go over the rules every year. If, and then if someone, you know, proposes the rule change, then all the match directors, you know, they get to vote on that, you know, because based on whether or not that's going to, you know, benefit them at their facility, but there's discussions, you know, between the match directors on this private site. And you know what? <laughs> they are always so entirely civil. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, but uh, honestly, the NRL, you don't hear about the drama from them. You don't hear about them. They go off. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. They've had a couple match canceled and this. But they're 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 so under the radar just doing it. And then they support because aren't they like tied in with the border war thing? So when they saw like a competitor come up, they absorbed it almost in a way, didn't they? I'm not sure on that. But I do know this. Whenever I do a match out here, they show up with a trailer that's essentially got a gun shop in it with like 
extra scopes, extra rifles, extra rings, extra triggers. And then it sits out here in the middle of rifles only. And during the day, you walk past it several times going to different events, and they always have this big cooler full of water. You know what I mean? Yep. So chairs out there, little tents where people can sit under the shade for a little bit. And then after all the guns are put up, that's replaced with, uh, you know, maybe Coors Light or something. The people can kind of sit back and relax a little bit. But they show up to the table, and it's just like the, the last time we were out here, I remember this one guy, his scope went down. I mean, it just went down completely. It wouldn't work. And I'm running around, you know, being mad, doing match director shit. And then Mike Lilly, who uh, first time I'd ever met him, um, you know, he comes in here and he starts working on this guy's scope. I said, hey, Mike, do you know what you're doing? And he looked at me and he goes, yes, I do. And I could tell by the, his answer that he actually did. You know what I mean? So he put this guy's gun back together, went over to a corner, got him zeroed. And the guy continued his, his uh, was able to continue the match because he did not have an extra scope with him. He was not one of those guys who you know, shows up with extra scopes and extra guns and all this other shit. He was just, you know, a guy coming to shoot, wanted to have fun. And because NRL had essentially what can only be described as a, a mobile gun shop on there with all the tools, they were able to put him back in the game. And you know how I am about timelines. It never affected my timeline. Right, right. And so they... I'm gonna gonna give him props for that, Frank. You know what I mean? I I saw it. I I agree, man. And and honestly, you got to give him props from just from keeping their 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 you know head down. I mean, in 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 a good way. I, yeah. I, I mean, they're not doing it to hide. They're doing it because yeah. they're, they're they're just doing their thing and moving along. And you don't see endless drama online. You don't. And in nope. because it's become so cutthroat in a lot of ways, this this drama's come up because. It's, it's, you know, Jacob beat me by two points and I'm now going to find a loophole and then I'm going to go to to Shannon and say, Hey man, you know, Jacob, Jacob is is not within the rule of law and bitch. And then you're going to go, okay, well, who do I like better? All right. Well, guess what, Jacob, you lose because there's a loophole and Frank told me about it because he saw, you know, and and it's, it's stupid. It's like, if, if that's, if that can happen, then you need to have a process at the beginning of the game. To make sure it can't happen after the game is over. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's all about everything but the process. Like, they don't want to do process right. They don't. They just want to throw shit out there. Let's make it too heavy. You know, um, we want guys to build shit. So, weights for your gun. We'll make the gun as heavy as possible. Every fucking shooting sport has a weight limit to it. Yeah. Except PRS. Yeah. Crazy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it just drives you nuts because we gave them a model. Yeah. Yeah. It was working. It was really working, but I don't know, man. That's I, don't I think we covered everything. Well, um, voodoo for this stuff. I'm going to be putting some stuff out there about the rimfire, the rimfire stuff that we're doing, the voodoo series and this and that. And then also, uh, well, we're going to get a Facebook page up on it. Uh, keep in, keep in mind to watch the rifles only website too on upcoming courses, different things like that. Contact us. If uh, you have some sort of region that y'all want to do some training and, you know, maybe facilitate, help y'all get the competition going. Additionally about assassin's way, uh, that's still going. That is a go for 2022. It's not been canceled. It's just been postponed till people can get their feet underneath them. We'll figure out what's going on with the country economy and everything else. And uh, again, if anybody in your audience wants to call and talk to me and not like go to you to try to get it around me, (laughs) (laughs) my phone number is 361-522-4165. Again, that number, 
4165. Yeah, if you got any questions on any of this stuff, and, and I didn't really get to go into you know everything I have here about the 22, but I don't really think now's the time. But um, I, I again, Frank, I really, really appreciate you know uh, just you and I having a conversation, man. I mean, I, I we have them quite often, and it's always pleasurable to sit and visit with you. And thanks for letting me come out here and put this information out. Yeah, for sure, man. It's a good time, and we get to vent a little bit because we see it and all that, and, and and guys get it and they enjoy listening to us kind of just rail on it and you know getting. A nostalgic for back in the day but no um happy new year to you and lisa and your parents and everything tell them i said hello uh hope everybody's good over there um and 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 all that stuff so uh yeah man i i think you know if you're a local thing man just do your own thing you don't have to pay in man come up with your own ideas yeah absolutely and also we're going to be up in your neck of the woods i got a i've got a, a contract work i have to do up in colorado so i'll be at the same place where you know i'm going to be and one of the things that we're putting up we're doing a a, a, a new course on uh, radio telephone operations and it's about set up communications and in, in small areas i'm not the instructor on that but um if you go to the website you can find out you know some more information about this course we've got a course description up there it's a couple days a couple days um and, and it just teaches you how to set up communications in different areas if you're kind of kind of screwed on the communication side of the house. Um, it's more, it's more, uh, into the world type crap, you know, <laughs> cell yeah, phones yeah. Quit. but, uh, it, it's going to be a good course and it's done by, uh, someone who really, really knows what they're doing. Background, background kind of like yours. Nice. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, Look, thanks again, Frank. I, I always, always enjoy visiting with you and I'm always humbled whenever you allow me to come onto your podcast. Congratulations on the success of that and the success of sniperside.com. Yeah, man. It, well, it, it was all, sh- you know, group effort in a lot of ways. We did we did a lot yeah. of this shit together and we did good work. And, and that just that just made a good foundation. So, all right, guys. We're together and I appreciate that. Cool, man. All right. Take care of yourself. Yep. Have a good one. Later. Bye bye.